Daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 208. Uh, guys, the feedback, obviously, you know, from the upgrade from the microphone and everything, uh, I, I truly appreciate it. Um, look, guys, like I said, I'm going to do everything I can for you here. Uh, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, always, the content's great. Please, Jeff, do something about the audio. Um, the reviews have been nothing but excellent. Uh, a lot of new subscribers. I'm probably going to assume maybe some of those were old subscribers who have now resubscribed because of the sound. But, guys, I do appreciate it. We're going to try to do the best we can here for you to get this clear. And, you know, so you guys can enjoy the shows. Uh, joining us this evening, guys, um, he's one I've been waiting for. Uh, you know, sometimes when you got kids, I've got two. He's got three. It just doesn't lie. But um, he's here this evening tonight. Uh, you know, definitely a Browns favorite at Ryan Seabus. Mr. Ryan Alton, Ryan Ryan Alton is here with us this evening. Ryan, buddy, how is it going? Good, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's good. I mean, for me, I mean, <laughs> I, I was I was stunned to hear that you you know you guys you know uh, already in the, I, I know you teach already three kids uh, already back into the school thing. Uh, we still got about three weeks here on Jersey time, so uh, you know, obviously things are a little bit more stressful for you right now than for me. But you know, we all got to play the hand we're dealt, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of a bittersweet time of year because I got to go back to work here, and that means a whole lot less time sitting around on Twitter talking about the Browns, um, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, if it were up to me, I'd have training camp start June first, and then have all summer to like dissect everything. But it's probably a good thing I'll be kind of getting my mind off it a little bit. Oh, it's 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 definitely a good thing. Um, and yeah, obviously, because you know, we spent almost eight hours today. The fact that uh, Des Bryant actually showed up at the Cleveland Browns facilities, <laughs> guys. What I can tell you from the few people I've spoken with, there is mutual interest, and there's a possibility Des Bryant. But look, guys, once somebody gets into a building, that can pique somebody else's interest. But what I can tell you is, if Des Bryant were to sign with the Cleveland Browns, you would possibly expect it tomorrow night maybe for the news to trickle out during the game or to sign him afterwards. There's no reason to play a preseason game with 89 guys when you can play with 90, so to speak. So there's no reason to waste a roster spot or cut a guy. Somebody might be able to go out there and get themselves 10, 12 reps. And if it's a guy the Browns are looking at cutting, maybe it's a good shot for him to get somewhere else, at least to get two more weeks of preseason. So everybody who's waiting by their phones, I'm not sure we're going to get that news today. So you guys, go ahead, hang out with your wife, hang out with the kids, do what you got to do. Now, Ryan, what I like to do with every first guest I have here. Now, look, I've I've come to the show and covered the Cleveland Browns, so I'm an outsider walking in. Um, now, you obviously an Ohio kid. You've been around this a long, long time. What I like is for guys like you, give me your state of the union. Where where are you now? I mean, granted, this franchise is one in thirty-one over the last two years, but you know, I want thoughts front office wise, coaching wise. You know, what excites you? What are you nervous about? Ryan, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's always a time of renewed hope and optimism. Um, I, I've been accused of being, like, too optimistic before in the past. And, it, you know, with the Browns, it always kind of comes around and bites me in the ass. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard not to be optimistic right now with coming off 1-31. Um you know, John Dorsey coming in and, and stocking the cupboards full of full and cabinet or fu- full of talent and, uh, you know, using the assets that he was given and, and really doing a lot, 
in in the short time that he's been around. So it's hard not to be excited. Um, but then again, you know, September's coming, and you know, it, it's just hard to see how it's it's hard to like you know picture how it's all going to come together because you know you still have a lot of the same issues I feel like that have reared their ugly heads the last couple of seasons. Um, mainly with the coaching staff. I'm a little concerned there. We're still seeing some of the same, some of the same behaviors, some of the same tendencies, I guess. Um, so, you know, is it, is it a question of talent or is it a question of coaching? Luckily this year we'll, we'll finally find out. Um, Cause I think that's been an excuse in the past is oh we didn't have the talent. So we weren't able to coach. Well, as a coach, I find that, I find that reasoning kind of, uh, I don't know, I think it's BS, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I get in the NFL, you have to have talent, but, you know, as a coach, you should be able to squeeze a lot. I mean, there's talent across the league, you know. There's not much difference from one team to the next, so you should be able to get more than one win in two seasons out of the talent that you had. But, you know, the onus is finally on Hugh and Hugh alone, uh, so I, I'm excited, but cautiously optimistic. Okay. First thing I'm going to come with, though, is from the coaching aspect. And this is where I do agree with you. Um, You know, the free pass of it. I've coached my daughter's travel soccer team for years, and they added an extra team to the age group for the town. And we were bad in the beginning. We were really bad. So what did I work with on these girls is, girls, we got to bust our butts to do everything we can to make sure they don't score. And we slowly started to get into losing games one nothing, and then found a goal scorer or two, and then games were 1-1, and then the machine started to grow, and we were able to... The excuses, I don't want to hear all the excuses of no talent. And I look at a Jet game, Jet game is always the one example I'll, lose, I'll use from last year. That was a game that was given away. Uh, one in 31, at the end, you got to do something Right, and I do believe that the onus is on now. I think it should have been on more last year. I, I don't have my doubts about that. It sh- there should have been more expected. I mean, you went from one and fifteen to zero and sixteen, and you know you had first round picks, this, that, and the other thing. So you, know, it's it's time for the rubber to meet the road here with you. So that's one thing we're going to yeah. go with there. Now, um, as far as the team that's going out here right now. You know, is there anything that concerns you? Obviously, the quarterback room improved. You know, obviously, the offensive line takes a hit when you lose a guy like Joe Thomas. Look, there's never a good time to lose a Hall of Fame left tackle. But, look, your body yeah. tells you when it's time to go. So, go ahead, Ross. Some thoughts on the current roster. Yeah, I mean, losing you're, – you're not, you're not going to replace Joe Thomas. There's and just you, no way. This offseason, there was one free agent left tackle, <laughs> and there was not a draft class. No, you weren't. I mean, I know there was some interest there in Nate Solder, but I don't know what the price is. I didn't sign him for a lot of money, um, you know, and they drafted Will Hernandez, which I thought was a very smart move um, because you knew who your left tackle was now. You can go out and just get your left guard. I kind of wish the Browns had the same approach. Um, so the the whole thing with Betonio sliding over to left tackle and then – I mean, I like that they're trying to get Corbett in there because they drafted him pretty high, so you might as well put him in there. But it, it just seemed that whole process was a head-scratcher, to be honest. Um, 
But, you know, it's John Dorsey's first offseason. He can't fix the entire thing in one offseason. He plugged a lot of holes, brought in a lot of talent. He's still adding talent. Um, so, you know, it's not for lack of trying. He he can't do it all in one offseason. Um, so we'll see how the whole offensive line shakes out. You know, it, it's tough right now. Zeitler's out. Um, hopefully he'll be back for week one. You know, it's just it's hard for offensive line. They need that time together to to gel and get cohesion. And you know, the preseason games are the time to do it. And uh, you know, when they're just rotating guys in and out, shifting all the time, you know, it's just going to be it's going to be hard. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I really like what they did with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think they're handling it right. Um, I know there's, there's always going to be controversy about that, especially when you draft a guy number one overall. People want to see him play, but they got Tyrod for a reason. They traded a high pick for him. Um, so I can't fault Hugh and, and company for, for wanting to go with Tyrod. I think he's, I think he's got a lot to prove, um, and he's really only got one year to do it. So it'll be really interesting to see what he can put together here. Uh, I like the receivers except the there's so many questions there with Josh Gordon and Callaway and now Des Bryant maybe. It's like that's just trying to wrap your head around that whole thing is just kind of crazy. But, every I mean, I, I don't have a problem with any other position group really. Um, it's just how are the coaches, you know, how, how are they going to be used? I have, you know, I'm interested to see Todd Haley and his system come in here and, you know, he's known for getting the ball to his playmakers. So, you know, so far so good in a preseason game. I'd, I'd like to see the running game get on track here in this next game tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic right now. We'll see what happens about a month from now. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing because, like, I, you know, I will focus sometimes on some negative points here and everybody, you know, and look, we all know what it is. It's that certain – faction of Brown's Twitter, um, you know, with the pom-poms going 24-7. Oh, well, could you imagine Des Bryant, Josh Gordon, Antonio Callaway, and Jarvis Landry? Okay, Josh Gordon's not here. And Antonio <laughs> Callaway, um, granted, he looked great week one against the Giants, but, uh, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, driving around in a car without a suspended license, whether Roach yeah. is or not. Um, so, there you go. There's a risk there. Uh, not Des a Bryant, one. feet. Ankles, those are issues. So, yeah, like when you say, oh, can you imagine this? Well, what? I mean, that could be two games. I mean, yeah, let's imagine. Or we could be, or could you imagine Bryce Treggs? Could you imagine Kenny Britt? Could you imagine, (laughs) you know, all these guys where Deshaun Kaiser last year was in the huddle looking to his left and right, and essentially they were handing out hello, my name is tags to each other. So, you know, and that's the problem you have. And, and look, and, and that's one of the things that chaps me a little bit about the Corey Coleman move. Look, whatever Corey Coleman was doing off the field, and look, you want to blow 40 grand a night at the strip club, I mean, I don't see the sense in it. But you want to know what, other than two fluke hand injuries, he was available to play every week. So there is that to right. it. And, you know, so that to it. Now, you know, with the quarterbacks, the interesting thing with Baker is going to be is, John Dorsey was given Hugh Jackson. Is now Hugh Jackson? What did everybody tell him last off season? I mean, I mean, last preseason, Deshaun Kaiser's not ready. Deshaun Kaiser's not ready. Deshaun Kaiser's not ready. Saw a couple of wow throws in the preseason, 
And he went ahead and started him. Everybody told him not to do it. So you got to wonder if John Dorsey is even going to let Hugh make this call, or is it going to be a John Dorsey call, in my opinion, Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, they seem like they're on the same page right now. I, I don't know what's been said to, to Dorsey behind closed doors. You know, I mean, it's just a, the whole situation is just completely bizarre because you have the biggest Hugh Jackson fans in the world in Jimmy and D Haslam, but then you bring in John Dorsey and, you know, he's got a reputation of his own. He's not married to Hugh, you know, so like Hugh's not his guy. So you just wonder, I mean, you see it and hear it all the time as new GM comes in, you know, and then is well, able to bring in his own guy. Well, and that's the thing, because what do we always, what does everyone want to say about John Dorsey? My guys, my guys. Right, right. So, you know, yeah, that's... so, go ahead. No, no, all you, buddy, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, that's that's the dynamic we're, we're playing with here is like, yeah, I love the talent and I love, you know, what Dorsey's been able to do, but how much of this team is his and how much of it is Hughes? And are they on the same page or is there really stuff going on that we don't know? You know, is, is the Todd Haley thing going to play a factor? You know, has what, what uh, pretenses was he hired under? You know, there's just so much. And the thing with the Browns is almost every single thing you could possibly imagine is believable. I mean, it would not surprise me at all if, you know, there there were promises made behind closed doors to, to Dorsey or to Haley or, you know, whatever. But Jimmy Haslam and, and D Haslam, they seem to be all on board with Hugh. And, uh, you know, I think they're on the surface. They seem to be on the same page with the quarterbacks. And, and I'm fine with it. You know, right now we'll, we'll see what happens with Baker. Um, you know, I just want him to keep keep playing and keep developing in the preseason. And then, you know, hopefully we're not having this conversation because Tyrod Taylor's winning football games. And so we, you know, we'll, we'll revisit it in March, I guess. I don't know. It'll be an interesting off season. Yeah. And, and but, the thing with Baker is, is after what you saw week one, obviously, you know, a lot of it was done within the confines of the offense, what was being called in and was helmet. You know, Baker Mayfield, what we saw at Oklahoma is, you know, all the capabilities of running up to the line and saying, I got something here that'll get a quick six yards. And, you know, you didn't see any of the, you know, Baker looking at a receiver and saying, man, that guy's giving you seven yards cushion. I'm taking this ball and I'm throwing it right to you on a smoke route. We'll take the easy five, six yards. So, you know, but until Baker has the grasp to do all that, no, you don't need to start him. It'd be foolish to do it. Guys, you've been listening to, uh, you listen to Locked On Browns episode 208. Uh, guys, late August here, so we're getting into the midst of the pennant race. Locked on MLB's got you covered. Uh, for all my Cleveland guys, uh, Indians, it's well, you're gonna make it to October. Uh, you know, hopefully Bauer, whatever that is, it, it heals quickly. But go ahead, anything you need checked out. Locked on Major League Baseball, your daily baseball network. Uh, you know, your team every day. Now, Ryan, we're we're shifting in here to week two, and it's weird that you get a preseason that you get a story, you get storylines in a preseason game. But uh, obviously, Corey Coleman, Tyrod Taylor, now with the Browns, not with the Bills anymore. Josh Allen, there were a few clamoring folks. Oh, maybe Josh Allen should be a Brown. Thank God that was not that move, guys, for whoever whoever was on that one. Thank God. Um, but we need to see more of the same from week one. 
What are some things that you think you're looking out for here, obviously, tomorrow night as this game kicks off about 7.30? Well, like I said, I'd, you know, I'd really like to see them establish the run um, a little bit more. Uh, hopefully, 100% because it was non-existent. Yeah, oh, it was it was bad. It was real bad. So, you know, and that's the thing, going back to the offensive line, when you're having to switch guys in and, you know, there's not – you got you got to have all all five guys on the same page as far as blocking assignments and things like that. Also, the the holes aren't there. I think I think Chubb was a little, you know, he he looked like a rookie. Uh, he, he looked he tried like a guy that wanted up. to go back to University of Georgia because he had a better offensive line there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that was part of it. But you know, he kept trying to bounce stuff outside instead of hitting whatever hole was there and it just, you know, NFL defenses aren't going to let you do that. Um, you know, and so he'd get dropped for a loss of two or a loss of three. So it, it just looked ugly. I, I hope they can uh, figure out some things to get that on track. I wouldn't mind. I know they're, I know Haley's not going to show a lot in the preseason, but I did love how he showed that series of the, you know, the no huddle. Um, they went right down the field four plays, boom, 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 score. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that because, I mean, if that's anything like what we're going to get in the regular season, then sign me up. You know, like, let's let's go. Let's do that all day long. Um, you know, and then, of course, I, I'm interested in Baker. I, I don't need to see Brogan Roback or Drew Stanton. I know we probably will, but, <laughs> like, you know, I, I would love to just see nothing but Tyrod and Baker and, and the rookies and Antonio Callaway and uh, – you know, Jarvis Landry, uh, Richard Higgins, you know, more, more Ninjoku defensively. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see Miles Garrett get after, uh, some Josh Allen there. That wouldn't be bad. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see how that, I want to see how that holds up. And then, you know, if we can, uh, you know, not make Corey Coleman, go off for about, you know, a buck 50 and two touchdowns. That'd be great for my Twitter sanity. <laughs> um, well, here is one of the things though. I do want to see, because the New York Giants couldn't throw the ball against the Browns. So I do want to see, because uh, obviously we know who the number one quarterback is with the number fourth overall pick, Denzel Ward. But I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, and look, there's a lot of players in this game at the cornerback position. I'd like to see Buffalo at least, you know, make some plays with the passing game because I'm not sure the pecking order after the rest of these guys, as far as the cornerbacks are concerned. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, obviously, you know, you'll have Ward on one side and then it looks like Mitchell on the other. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd like to see, yeah, the depth and see some of the, some of those guys, uh, step up there on the corners. Yeah, it's something that's going to need to be done because, I mean, the, there was nothing that you could see. I mean, Davis Webb was airmailing balls all over the place, and it was, you know, yeah. that's great for Greg Williams. And I'm sure he's ecstatic, but, you know, I mean, that's not going to show you anything as to where this team's going to go, you know, obviously down the road, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, Gennard Avery, there's another guy I'm looking forward to. Obviously, didn't get to play week one. Here's a multifaceted linebacker. And this linebacking core, you know, I, I kind of keep teasing about Jamie Collins and my buddy Ryan Burns did it today. I mean, not Ryan Burns, Jake Burns. Uh, Jamie Collins is making almost $12 million. And I'm not sure where he fits in this linebacking core. And, you know, if for him to be the highest paid defensive player, and I don't even know where I would rank him as, you know, if we were ranking the defensive talent on this team. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is, you know, you, you trade for them and then you sign them to a deal and you make them the, the highest. Well, and when you have such a young team and a bunch of rookies. It you know, made sense gonna, at the time, but now here we yeah. are a few years later. Right. So I just, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I definitely saw your rationale with, um, with bringing him up as possible trade bait. I just don't know what kind of value you'd get returned because of the salary and because he's, he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't really played up to his contract at this point. So, you know, I, I just hate, I just hate like, the whole idea of trading away depth. I mean, I know he, I know he's overpaid right now, but like, I just, it's like, as soon as you get like a, a wealth of talent at a position, okay, who are we going to trade away? Like, I don't, I don't really like that idea on the surface, but if it, you know, if it makes sense and they could get something decent for him, you know, I, I, I like the guys that we have if he were to be gone. Um, but you know, I still, I'd still interested to see what he can do, this year, you know, and, and see what kind of crazy sub packages, you know, Greg Williams can dial up and stuff like that. But yeah, I am looking forward to seeing Avery. Hopefully he's good to go. Um, you know, Michael Kendricks looked good the other night. Uh, Schobert solid Kirksey's solid, you know, so, you know, I do really like our linebacking core. The, the whole Collins thing is interesting. We'll see how it plays out. And the thing is, is what made Jamie Collins so, you know, so such a wanted commodity is that Bill Belichick had the wherewithal to say, you know, you're going to cover, uh, you know what, we're playing the Colts this week. Wherever Colby Fleener goes, you're going to man up with him. And that's just, Greg Williams, it's just not his style. It's not how he does, not how he does things. And now we're talking about a guy at almost 30, and you got a bunch of younger guys in here. Um, I don't think you would get much if you moved on from him. But it's yeah. just, you know, it's just probably, you know, I, I, I disagree um, one more thing. Now, I, I do want to get to get to with Ryan, the whole Josh Gordon thing. And look, you know, obviously, for guys like you, guys like me, you're nervous. He's not here. So, what can we expect? For me, I mean, and even the thing today with the child support. What? What? Look, I mean, it's a crock of crap because you want to know what a judge could say. You want to know what? Come September, he can make every payment he needs to make. So, I I, I just never found the how that worked or the believability in that. Um, yeah. But if he's not here by Sunday and week three of preseason, that's the big week. And now, look, offense is being installed that, you know, he only did OTAs with. Two quarterbacks now, he is missing thousands and thousands of reps. If Josh Gordon isn't in this building by Sunday, when is Josh Gordon going to be here? Yeah, I... <laughs> Man, Josh Gordon is the—he's the most perplexing player I've ever seen. Uh, you know, as, as as a Browns fan, it's just—he's just such a mystery. I mean, you just—you don't know what you have. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, he could show up next week and be gone again before September 9th. I mean, we just don't know. Like, you can't count on the guy. Um, you know, I'm all about respecting his privacy, his, you know, medical needs. Um, if he, if he's having, you know, if he's having issues like with anxiety and things, like, I don't know what to believe, you know, there's so much out there that it's hard to pinpoint it down, 
But, you know, it's just, I feel like the whole thing is just a giant tease because, you know, you hear all this stuff that's going on, but then he's on Instagram with, Every you know, day. Every with day. Brown. <laughs> he's like, last year he was burning Brown's stuff in a trash can. This year he's like gung-ho Mr. Cleveland Brown. And it, but nothing's changed. He's still not here. He's still posting on Instagram. Like nothing has changed except now he's posting stuff that seems to be pro Browns instead of anti Browns. And he gets everybody excited and everybody's like, what does it mean? And it's like, I don't know. Like he's not here. He's, I don't know when he's going to show up. It's just so hard to rely on him. And his circumstances are just so complex. Like if I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I would think he has to show up soon. But, you know, the, the thing that baffles me is that the Browns just seem to be willing to wait. They seem to be willing to bend over backwards and do whatever he needs. And he can come and go. And it just completely, it just doesn't jive with the whole earn your stripes thing. And Bang. like, you know, the, the whole, it just, the message again from the organization is just confusing. It's just what, what are we doing here? Like what's going on? And it's just frustrating as a fan. Cause we're just completely left in the dark and that's fine. But you know, don't ask us to buy in and you know, ha don't, don't, don't try to sell us this crap, you know, like tell us what's going on or, or something, but like you can't expect us to buy in if, if, if we're not, if we don't know what's going on because, you know, we've been through a lot and it's just not fair to be, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm whining now, but like, it, it just doesn't feel fair as a fan to like, you know, have to see this, see him on Instagram, see him working out, see him look like he's going to kill the league this year, but dude's not in camp. Like, come on, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, and that's and, and and the thing for me though is, and I do agree with you. The thing is, is that where does this spill over? I mean, because you now have a locker room with a bunch of guys who right. barely freaking know Josh Gordon. So, I mean, for the Browns to treat him like, I mean, and, and to put an example, like, I mean, the Browns treat him like he's the hot, unattainable chick that they can never get a shot with, but to do everything they can. To accommodate him. You know, he was on the did not report list. Oh, well, we don't want him to miss out on his money, so we'll put him on the active roster. Why? We'll change. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, they're doing everything they can to accommodate him. And look, and whether it's, you know, whatever the issues are, and if, look, if Josh Gordon is trying to stay this straight and narrow, that's fantastic. And, you know, maybe, you know, the Cleveland Browns need Josh Gordon more than Josh, Josh Gordon needs the Cleveland Browns, then there's got to come a time where, push to shove, Josh Gordon has got to say, you know, okay, you know what, you guys have yeah. done everything for me, but this is just not going this way. So it just... Or, or he, he, has to, he has to reward the organization at some point. For being loyal like, as a dog to him. They're not, they're not getting anything out of, like, unless they know something we don't know. Like, they know for sure he's coming back. And it's all good. Like, you know, it's just a matter of time. Okay, fine. But like to, yeah, to, 
to put themselves out there like this, Dorsey and Haslam, especially Haslam. I mean, he's been through it since the beginning with Josh Gordon. You know, Dorsey hasn't. Dorsey just got here. This is his first year with Josh Gordon. So I feel like we, the fans, and Jimmy Haslam have been through it with Josh Gordon a bunch of times. John Dorsey hasn't. Hugh Jackson hasn't. A lot of these players in that locker room haven't. So when is it going to come back? Like, when are we going to get the reward of being patient with Josh Gordon and, and riding through him, riding with him through all of this? And, yeah, not letting the contract toll again and, and giving him another year. Like, okay, you better show up then and ball out. If, I mean, come on. That, they're going to look like idiots if he doesn't come back at this point, it just looks, it just looks bad. Like, I just don't know what's going on. So, and I go again, to the, I guess we'll see. I go again to the hot unattainable girl. Like this is the guy sitting on the bar stool at the club, holding her purse while she's dancing with every guy in town, maybe yeah. making out with them. And meanwhile, this guy is, you know, paying for the <laughs> drinks. I mean, it's, it's getting a little ridiculous. It's, you know, and look, yes, I understand. He's an absolute beast. And he's a huge factor when you have him, but you know when 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 do you get him? So that's that. Yeah, guys, locked on NFL. Matt Williamson does a fantastic job with the show. Um, he's going to put out great great content here. Um, Mondays he'll have you know uh, locked on hosts on for whatever the biggest stories are of the week. Um, you know everybody knows Mike Renner from The Bachelor. He's going to be a regular Wednesday guest. Uh, Mike Sando from ESPN is going to be a regular Thursday guest. So the 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 Locked On NFL, which covers the entire league. Obviously, we have the 32 teams. Go ahead, check that out here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Number one local sports daily podcast network. Guys, we appreciate everything we do for us. Um, Rob, we're going to put a bow on this. So, uh, look, man, uh, you know, give me some closer mentality here, whether it's, you know, we want to enter enter Sandman for Mariano Rivera or, you know, Wild Thing for... You know, uh, Mr. Vaughn, uh, Ricky Vaughn from the Cleveland Indians Major League days. What do you got for me for a close, bud? Oh, man, i just uh, looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, Hard Knocks has been entertaining. So, you know, hopefully that'll, that, that won't disappoint anymore. But, uh, yeah, just uh, enjoyed talking and uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Every day is something with the Cleveland Browns, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, some people have told me like, bro, you have no idea what you're getting into. And then there was the <laughs> jet game last year. I'm ripping my hair out. And I still remember my tweet from Christmas, Christmas Eve. It was the bears, Brown, uh, bears, bears, Browns game. And I was like, here it is. It's Christmas Eve. I've got cocktails in me and I am pissed off at the Cleveland Browns. So it didn't take long. It didn't take long. It definitely, I mean, you know, I don't know if somebody shot into my veins or whatever, but I, I understand what you guys are going through. I do. And, and uh, you know, obviously I talked with Stephen Thomas, you know, Brown's Daily Mock Draft. And, like, the other day he was breaking down, like, the difference between this franchise from 99 till today and the years before. And I was like, dude, stop sending me these numbers. I'm like, bro, are you, are you okay? I was nervous <laughs> for him. Like, I really thought Steve was going to jump out a freaking window. Because it was just that, that bad. And, and until you actually sit down sometimes and hit a calculator. And, you know, I begged him to stop. I did. I'm like, please, please, no more DMs. Please, no more. This is so bad. It's 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 literally insane, like, what we've 
been through as fans with this team. I mean, and, and the fact that we're still here and there's so many people, like it completely consumes the conversation in Cleveland and sports talk radio. Like there's just, there's so much like, and it's, it's been such a bad team. And I understand why, like people are like, why do you even care anymore? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm just, I'm hooked. And I want this, I want to be here for when this turns around because I feel like it's going to, I just don't know when, like the pendulum has to swing the other way. It's been one way for so long. It's got to swing back. So, you know, I, I, I can't be the guy that, that misses out on it when it does. So yeah, it's fun though. <laughs> Good times. Well, let's put it this way, Ryan. Let's let, let's hope we're not to the point where we're sitting in the corner with an old man chair and our kids are feeding us pudding. But you know, by the time it's good again, <laughs> um, guys, uh, Ryan Ryan Alton has been with us this evening. Uh, Ryan is one of my favorite Browns Twitter follows. I know he knows well. Uh, the scribe days are over for now, and when you got three kids in the house, I can totally understand that. But go ahead, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Seabus. You know, definitely, definitely, always. Brings the thunder and you know brings some education into his tweets, which not everybody does. <laughs> guys, go ahead and follow the show at Locked On Browns. I always keep a follow back account. You guys do a great job with the interactions and uh, a lot of things good have come from the show due to you guys following it and your interactions with me. So I do appreciate that. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, you've been listening to Locked On Browns. Uh, like I said, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We got football tomorrow night. 7.30 kickoff. Um, I'm figuring probably somewhere around beginning of the fourth quarter we'll do a post-game wrap for you. Hopefully there won't be much to see by then. Uh, until tomorrow night, guys. Let's go Browns.